at four minutes to midnight on the eve of Trans Remembrance Day last night. At least five people were killed and at least 18 people injured in a senseless shooting at a Colorado Springs LGBTQ nightclub. We woke to this news early this morning. Colorado Springs officials said this morning, praising patrons inside the club for subduing the gunmen. At least one or two people rushed the gunmen and stopped the rampage. The police chief identified the suspect who is in custody and in a hospital currently as Anderson Lee Aldrich, 22, of Colorado Springs. We're going to um, we're going to go over this. I was going to do another podcast today, but I woke to this news and knew this is the story I had to cover. Um, and again, this this horrific news comes. during the day that was supposed to be marked for transgender remembrance by honoring transgender and gender nonconforming people killed by violence. And according to a report from the Human Rights Campaign, uh, at least 32, that was previous last night's body count, um, have been killed thus far this year by violence. The report was released this week and found 85% of transgender and gender nonconforming victims of fatal violence since 2013 have been people of color, black transgender women representing 63% of all victims. It was also found most victims, 77%, were younger than 35, and over four in five victims were transgender women. The authors of the report say that uh, the 32 victims reported is likely an undercount because of unreported deaths, misgendering, and some victims not being identified as transgender or gender nonconforming. The report's release comes during Transgender Awareness Week, which raises the visibility of transgender and gender nonconforming community and the issues they face and this is just one big bloody explanation point to these reports. The 2022 report marks 10 years of the human rights campaign tracking violence against transgender and gender nonconforming community, reporting at least 300 violent deaths since 2013. The other findings it's had, this is all according to a USA Today uh, article that I'll link to in the, the body. Um, the organization has reported that more than two-thirds of the deaths involved in a, a firearm and that 70% of those killed were initially misgendered by the media or police. So now it appears that the suspect has been known to law enforcement. He has an apartment registered in Colorado Springs, and he was involved in a bomb threat and other violent threats earlier last year. Um, this is coming from KOAA.com um, and involves the suspect that the police now have in custody at the hospital in Colorado Springs. 
the uh, article is entitled Evacuation Lifted Following Bomb Threat in Lorson Ranch Neighborhood. El Paso County, residents within a quarter mile of the 6300 block of Pilgrimage Road in Lorson Ranch neighborhood were evacuated Friday night by the El Paso County Sheriff's Office. The Sheriff's Office said the situation began around 2 p.m. Friday afternoon when they responded to a report of a bomb threat in the 9800 block of Rubicon Drive. The reporting party said her son was threatening to hurt her with a homemade bomb, multiple weapons, and ammunition. She was not in the home at the time when she made the call and was not sure where her son was. According to the sheriff's office, deputies responded to the home and after further investigation realized a suspect 21-year-old Anderson Lee Aldrich, who's obviously his name matches and the age matches with the suspect from the Q shooting, was in a 6300 block of Pilgrimage Road, approximately one mile away from Rubicon Drive. Deputies contacted Aldrich by phone and he refused to comply with orders to surrender. At approximately 4.15, deputies began evacuating approximately 10 homes in the area as a precaution. A short time later, an emergency text notification was also sent out to homes within a quarter mile radius of the address. The sheriff's office said that then at approximately 5.46 p.m., negotiators were able to get Aldrich to comply with orders, and he walked out of the front door of the home and was arrested. The regional explosives unit cleared both homes and did not find any explosive devices. Shortly after 8 p.m., the evacuation was lifted and residents were able to return to their homes. So the question is, how did this troubled young person have a long gun and multiple firearms in which to perpetrate this crime that happened last night? Killed five people and injured at least 18. Those numbers are expected to to grow over time. Let's let's listen into the press conference that happened at approximately 8 a.m. this morning there in Colorado Springs. I have a recording of it, and we're going to play it right now for you so you can get the information directly from the sources. When a citizen calls in to the communication center at the Carter Springs Police Department, was received at 11.56 and 57 seconds p.m. last night. The initial officer was dispatched at 11.57 p.m. The first officer arrived in the area at 12 a.m. and the suspect was detained and subsequently taken into custody at 12.02 a.m. Please understand that all of the numbers that we are providing are preliminary. They are changing. We have had additional people uh, drive themselves to the hospital. So everything that we're giving you is the information we have at this moment to the best of our knowledge, but it is subject to change. If you were not at the initial uh, briefing, the numbers um, will uh, be shared with you again today. With that, I will have Car Springs Police Department Chief Adrian Vasquez. Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you uh, for being here on this tragic day. I want to first express my condolences to those families who have lost the loved ones uh, during this tragic event and to those that were injured uh, today during this tragic shooting. I want every citizen in our city to know that the men and women of the Colorado Springs Police Department stand with you during this tragedy. Uh, 
We are working tirelessly to ensure that justice for the victims in this senseless and evil shooting is given. Club Q is a safe haven for our LGBTQ citizens. Every citizen has the right to feel safe and secure in our city, to go about our beautiful city without fear of being harmed or treated poorly. I'm so terribly saddened and heartbroken. I also want to thank all of our first responders, our fire department, our police officers, sheriff's office, all of our medical personnel, whether they be transporting uh, through AMR and other ambulance services, and all of our hospitals uh, did a tremendous job uh, during this undertaking. Thank you so much for all that you do every day. We are actively processing the scene at Club, Club Q. Initial evidence and interviews indicate that the suspect entered Club, Club Q and immediately began shooting at people inside as he moved further into the club. While the suspect was inside of the club, at least two heroic people inside the club confronted and fought with the suspect and were able to stop, stop the suspect from continuing to kill and harm others. We owe them a great debt of thanks. As the investigation is still in its early stages, we are not going to identify any of the witnesses inside of the club at this time. The FBI is already on scene and assisting with the investigation. We are also working to identify the victims who have died and notify their families. Please be patient with the identif identification of the victims as a first priority is to the victims' families. We have numerous detectives and officers interviewing witnesses and victims. We have multiple victim advocates also meeting with the victims who have been injured. These advocates will, be a, will also be meeting with the families of those victims who have died. The suspect has been identified as Anderson Lee Aldrich, a 22-year-old male. At least two firearms were found at the scene. We are still working to identify the firearms and who, and who they belong to, but I can confirm that the suspect used a long rifle during the shooting. Detectives are currently seeking multiple search warrants, so please be patient with the release of information as this is a large and complex scene and will be time consuming to process. Detectives are also looking to identify if there were any other individuals who assisted the suspect. The motive of the crime is part of the investigation and whether this was a hate crime is part of that investigation. Again, my deepest condolences to the victims and to their families. And with that, I'd like to introduce Mayor John Southers. Thank you, Chief. Colorado Springs is once again in mourning after the tragic shooting at Club Q last night. Our hearts go out to the victims and their families who are bearing the weight of this horrific tragedy. As indicated, there is much we are still waiting to learn about this tragic incident. We know one or more patrons heroically intervened to subdue the suspect, and we praise those individuals who did so because their actions clearly saved lives. We also thank our first responders from across the Pikes Peak region who quickly responded to help those in need. The first officer arrived on scene within three minutes 
after being dispatched. And the suspect was subdued within two minutes after that. Victims were rapidly transported and received emergency attention as quickly as possible. We are a strong community that has shown resilience in the face of hate and violence in the past, and we will do so again. As a community, we will provide for the victims and witnesses of this horrific event, and law enforcement will pursue this case with the zealousness that it deserves. We will continue to share more information with the community as it becomes available. But please be patient. This is a horrible crime, and we have a suspect in custody. We must do this right and ensure justice is served for the victims of this tragedy. The governor of Colorado, Jared Polis, has been in communication with me. We talked early this morning. Because he is in COVID quarantine, he is not able to be here personally at this press conference, but he sends his heartfelt condolences to the victims of this tragedy. I've also been in communication with Senator Michael Bennett, Senator John Hickenlooper. I'm also pleased that uh, Councilwoman Nancy Hingem has joined us this morning. This is a community tragedy, and our community will respond appropriately. It's my pleasure now to introduce uh, Michael Allen, uh, the District Attorney of the 4th Judicial District. Michael. Thank you, Mayor. Good morning. My name is Michael Allen. I'm the District Attorney for the 4th Judicial District. This is a tragic day for our community, and we stand in solidarity with the victims and their family members as we make sense out of a senseless crime. Every person, regardless of who they are, have the right to be secure from fear and physical harm. And actions taken to strike fear in specific communities will not be tolerated in our community. This is particularly true for communities that have been maligned, harassed, and targeted by persons or groups to intimidate and cause harm to members of those communities. I commend the men and women of the Colorado Springs Police Department, Colorado Springs Fire Department, and AMR for their prompt response to this senseless act of violence, an act that has taken five lives and injured at least 18 others. This act does appear to have been carried out by one person, and I can tell you it does not define this community. The one person in custody currently is Anderson Lee Aldrich, 22-year-old male. If additional suspects are identified and arrested, we will share that information with the public at the appropriate time. This will be a coordinated effort with representatives from federal, state, and local law enforcement agencies. There's a lot of work to be done to ensure this investigation is thorough and the eventual prosecution effort is both fair and firm. We will work closely with our law enforcement partners and the victims of this crime and their family members to achieve justice in this case. I can promise you that the DA's office will put together a strong team and we will work tirelessly to achieve justice on their behalf. At this stage, the DA's office is serving in a support role as the investigation unfolds. In the coming days, the case will be transferred officially to our office and we will work closely with CSPD to determine the appropriate level of charges for all identified suspects. There's obviously a natural tension in cases that receive intense public interest for information. 
while also recognizing the need for a fair judicial process. Investigative agencies and my office will share only certain allowable information during the investigation and subsequent prosecution effort, while also being diligent in answering the need for information by this community. Um, I want to reassure the community that uh, there is no ongoing threat that we are aware of and that we will put every effort into holding any perpetrators involved with this horrific act accountable. Uh, at this point, I would be uh, glad to introduce Colorado Springs Fire Department Chief Randy Royal. Thank you again. I'd like to echo the fact that this was a sad night and a terrible day for our community. I do want to shout out to, or give a shout out and thanks to uh, the police department for their actions. Uh, we have a great uh, working relationship with them, but their actions directly made an impact on saving lives. And part of that was we have direct communications with the CSPD when we're on those scenes. And as soon as they had the suspect in custody, we were able to uh, move our uh, folks in there, our paramedics and firefighters, to start uh, triaging and treating patients. Uh, we did not do it alone. Uh, an event like this takes the whole community, and we additionally used some regional partners. Uh, we had transports from American Medical Response, from CSFD units, from uh, county units, which included Monument, Falcon, Fountain, and security ambulances as well. And they also helped us cover the rest of the city while this event was going on. Additionally, there were a few police cruisers that transported patients. And this is all to the benefit of the survivability of the, the uh, men and women that we were working on. With those patients, uh, we dispersed them to uh, three different hospitals. Penrose Hospital received seven of the uh, patients. Memorial, Nor or Memorial Central received 10. And Memorial North received two. Um, our units were dispatched about seven minutes, or arrived on scene about seven minutes after notification. And again, with the uh, Colorado Springs Police Department subduing the uh, victim quickly and getting him cleared for us to come in, uh, in a lot of circumstances like this, it would have been probably twice as long for us to get in there and start treating. Uh, and this one is as soon as we were on scene, we were able to move in there. Thank you again for the time. We'll have an additional person uh, who's been able to join us. Mr. Cole Finnegan with the U.S. Attorney's Office is going to come up and uh, give some comments, too. Good morning. I'm Cole Finnegan, the United States Attorney for the District of Colorado. On behalf of the United States Attorney's Office and the Department of Justice, I want to first offer our deepest condolences to the victims and to their families and our our sorrow for the tragedy that has unfolded here, and our thanks to everyone. We will work closely with District Attorney Michael Allen, with local law enforcement, with Mayor Southers, and everyone in the Colorado Springs community and in Colorado um, to ensure that the person who did this is brought to justice. We will work together um, and move forward. Thank you. So at this time, we'll take questions. Uh, I would also like to acknowledge that FBI ASAC, Leonard Carollo, is here, as well as representatives from Penrose Hospital, if there are questions that would be specifically and best answered by them. Again, I just please remember that this is very early in the investigation. Sir? Uh, first, 
first time burn. Oh, okay. So the question was, uh, is this being investigated as a hate crime and how many people were in the club at the time of the shooting? Uh, both of those are part of the investigation. Uh, with it being so early, we're not at a point where we can label uh, some this investigation as that. Uh, that's part of the investigation. How many people is part of the investigation as well? Uh, there were numerous officers who initially responded. Uh, we had 39 patrol officers who responded from all four of our patrol divisions to this. They have interviewed numerous people along with the detectives, uh, but having an actual number of how many people were in there will take a bit. Ma'am? Was the shooter previously known to the FBI or to Their interactions with law enforcement will also be part of the investigation. It does not. Uh, we separate the suspect from the victims who are injured. Uh, so when he would be released is a medical decision. Uh, that wouldn't be proper for me to, to speculate on when the doctors will make that decision. Um, and then your second question, repeat for me. Correct. They are at a local hospital. Uh, and the extent of injuries, I do not have. Or if they were injured, uh, to our knowledge, um, they were not. Uh, we're still trying to identify and speak to everybody. That's the first I've heard if there were minors at the event. I do not know about that. To, yes. Um, well, so would you like to come up for Penrose and speak to them? And then we also have um, somebody to be able to speak from uh, UC Health Memorial Hospital, Dr. Steinbrenner. Hello, I'm Dr. Bill Plouth, Chief Medical Officer for Penrose Hospital, and this my colleague, uh, Dr. State, David Steinbrenner, we, we work CMO together of UC Health. Quite a bit. So. Correct. So I can speak for uh, Penrose Hospital. We've taken care of uh, seven members of our community to remain in critical care, but are in excellent hands. Um, the other uh, five patients uh, mainly had extremity injuries, um, and uh, two have already been treated and released back to the community. And then the others um, have been admitted to the hospital or are still undergoing treatment uh, for that. Critical implies life-threatening, um, but I, I'm not um, in a position to share more about their specific injuries. Very similarly, we we take care of the patients. They go into the ICU. They have injuries from um, multiple gunshot wounds and uh, the like. What the nature of those injuries are, though, we're all 
precluded from talking about because of HIPAA and the requirements to keep confidentiality about that. But we do want to give you some information that we have both trauma teams at both hospitals were spun up and responded. The ERs responded and were able to take care of this very rapidly and get the patients taken care of uh, as well as we could at the time. So How many patients we ended up having 10 total. Um, we are currently taking care of 10 patients in the hospital right now, as I understand it. No, we do have patients in critical condition as well, but uh, like anything else, it's a moving target and there's a lot of personal information about people, so we try to keep that to a minimum, but we have people that we're taking care of and we have all of our um, physicians actively taking care of everybody uh, as appropriate depending upon their injuries. So, um, so go ahead. The question is, how many people do we have in critical condition currently right now? I don't have a specific number for that uh, exactly, but we have several people who are being taken care of in our ICU at the moment. So. So I'll talk about the investigation and then DA Allen can kind of come up and talk about prosecution if that works. So the question is, uh, what role does the FBI play uh, and then what role does uh, CSPD play? From an investigative perspective, uh, we've always had an incredible uh, relationship with the FBI. Uh, we have a lot of resources that bring to bear for the investigation. So our, our detectives from our violent crimes unit, our homicide unit, will take on the lead role from the investigative uh, process. However, the FBI also has a tremendous amount of resources in investigation as well as crime scene processing as an example. So we, we will come together, work together, and, uh, and process the scene and just utilize both resources. Uh, however, uh, CSP PD is uh, the lead from an investigative perspective, and then uh, DA Allen can speak on prosecution. So it's it's always uh, fantastic that we have a really good relationship with our federal partners, both Cole Finnegan's office and the FBI. Uh, it is fairly routine that if there are any FBI agents involved in the investigative process, they will serve as witnesses in the state prosecution. And I can tell you that we have a strong interest in prosecuting this case in the community. It's important that this community see that this perpetrator is held accountable appropriately for his actions. It's also worth noting, though, that everybody that's charged with crimes, as will happen in this case, is presumed to be innocent until proven guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. It's always important to include that caveat. There was a previous question about hate crimes uh, investigation aspect. This will be investigated and is being investigated in that lens. But I can tell you that the uh, current mo bias-motivated crime statute in the state of Colorado provides some elevation, uh, but will not elevate beyond what will likely be charges in this case, which will likely include first-degree murder, uh, extreme indifference murder, those types of charges, which are all class one felony murder charges. So the bias-motivated crime statute doesn't really come into play in this case because it doesn't elevate it beyond what we have as the very top-level charges. Um, as to your question, though, about the um, the federal involvement, I hope that answered your question. Uh, so there was an Anderson Lee Aldrich involved in a bomb threat in the Morrison Ranch neighborhood in 2021. You know this the same individual, and could you spell these individuals' full name? So. Uh, we're, our investigators, our detectives are looking into the history of uh, 
of uh, Mr. Aldridge at this point in time. However, I don't have that information with me. Uh, his full name is, let me find it in my notes here. Yeah, the question is, uh, in essence, uh, were there other investigations prior to uh, this one uh, with this individual? And uh, yeah, his name is Anderson Lee Aldrich, A-L-D-R-I-C-H, a 22-year-old male. I don't. So the, the question about um, prior potential incidents involving this same individual, uh, there are certain protocol that we have to follow, uh, and so when we can release information on that, we will. There's no further information that we can release as it relates to the prosecution investigation, as it relates to any prior uh, cases of interest. The question was whether was there a bouncer at the door um, or some type of security at the door. That'll be part of the investigation. That was worded very similar to um, the motive for it, just was it posted on social media? And again, that'll be part of the investigation. Sir? Just confirming, all 18 injuries, they were shot. No one got trampled or um, we do have some injuries that were as a result of uh, people fleeing. I don't know for sure that all 18 were shot. Did I hear there were more injuries coming in after, even after the leaving, so we, the numbers up? Uh, we have had uh, more walk-in um, to the hospitals. Right now, the number is 18 as we progress, um, and if those numbers change, we'll get those to you. Yes, sir. Uh, sorry, the question was, are there alcohol or drugs involved with the suspect? That would be part of the investigation. Ma'am? Not at this time. Um, as everybody has said, uh, our very first priority is notifying the victim's families and the next of kin. Uh, once that's done, the process in uh, our state is that the El Paso County Coroner's Office will determine cause and manner of death, but we will get that information out um, as quickly and as reasonably as we can with respect to the family. You're fine. The question was how many shots were fired. That'll be part of the investigation. Uh, that would not be something that we would be at liberty to say at this point in time. Um, but it is part of the investigation, is any statements that uh, the suspect or any witnesses say. Yes, sir. I don't know, but that, would, again, would be part of the investigation, ma'am. Uh, part of the investigation. The question was, does the suspect uh, have a high-capacity magazine? The prior question was, was anything said before entering the club? Again, all of that will be part of the investigation. Clarify how many were pronounced at the scene and 
Um, we have one that uh, has died at a local hospital. Um, how many at the scene is they're still processing? Our, it's all of our initial numbers at this point. Your question is, was there a, a specific event at the club? I don't have that information. This club is uh, not a problem. It, it is a safe haven for members of our community. Uh, so we are all um, shocked and saddened that this occurred here this uh, last night. So I believe DA Michael Allen already addressed um, any prior uh, or past uh, contact with law enforcement. And as I said, uh, all of that's part of the investigation. Anything else specific to what we've shared today? So if you can please follow uh, our Twitter account, we will be um, sending out the next time we're going to have uh, updated information. Uh, and if that's going to be released through a um, press conference or through a news release. Uh, for everybody, I will also get you names and spellings of all the speakers uh, that were here today. Thank you. So there you have the most updated information from the powers that be in Colorado Springs. Unfortunately, this is not an isolated incident. Um, my wife, who we've been together close to 30 years, um, she would relay stories of growing up in the, the Colorado Springs area during the, the 90s and how the, the gay community even then was just a safe haven for people who didn't quite fit in, didn't quite feel accepted in other places and this this was members of the queer community but it was also members of the punk rock community you know the goths punks the industrial kids um and she she told me that this morning that there were two drive-by shootings that she can remember from her time there one at the annex and a larger one at the hide and seek and i know from growing up in the same sort of scenes in Fort Collins that we had a bar kind of before the static days um, <clears throat> called the People's Bar. And it was burned down and people died there um, when a Christmas tree was lit on fire. This is an article coming from the UPI archives dated December 29th, 1986, talking about that fire. Police made one arrest and said they expected to make more in the deaths of two men who were killed in a bathroom barroom fire that witnesses say began when someone set 
the tavern's Christmas tree ablaze. Terry McCoy, 35, of Fort Collins, was arrested Sunday in connection with a Saturday night fire at the People's Bar. He was being held on first-degree murder and first-degree arson charges at the Larimer County Jail. McCoy was arrested after several witnesses told investigators they saw someone set the Christmas tree on fire with a cigarette lighter. We're quite certain it was intentionally set and have one person under arrest, said Fire Chief Chuck Willis of the Area Fire Authority. We have another suspect or two still out and hope to make some more arrests. Willis said the two men who died were found in a restroom. The witnesses we interviewed said the two both went into the bathroom to try to get water to put out the fire. He said the fire was between them and the exit, and they apparently became disoriented. Two other people were taken to Poudre Valley Hospital for treatment of smoke inhalation and minor burns. So this is, unfortunately, this is a pattern we've seen all along. Um, it's it's just something that we hoped we'd kind of gotten past, but obviously that's not the case. And the violent rhetoric we've seen and the increase in violent attacks we've seen, our words matter. Because words foment actions and actions create tragedies like we're having this morning on Trans Remembrance Day. I don't believe in coincidence. I don't think this was just some random act. I think this is a very intentional act on a very intentional day. The, uh, the governor wasn't able to be at the press conference because he is in uh, isolation due to COVID exposure. Um, but he did tweet out and uh, put on his Facebook uh, a statement. It reads, the Club Q shooting in Colorado Springs was horrific, sickening, and devastating news to wake up to. My heart breaks for the family and friends of those lost, injured, and traumatized in this horrific shooting. I have spoken to Mayor Southers and clarified that every state resource is available to local law enforcement in Colorado Springs. We are eternally grateful for the brave individuals who blocked the gunmen, likely saving lives in the process, and for the first responders who responded swiftly to this horrific shooting. Colorado stands with our LGBTQ community and everybody impacted by this tragedy as we mourn. The club was hosting a series of drag shows over the weekend, in part for Trans Remembrance Day. The night of the attack, the club hosted a drag show, according to its Facebook page. The show started at 9, and um, right around the time of the attack, Club Q posted about an upcoming drag show for today let's prep for a fantastic sunday fun day the club stated that the doors were to open at 11 a.m for our noon all ages drag brunch join us for a fantastic drink special and the more amazing drag show then stick around for an all-star cast of our freshest faces we're celebrating transgender day of remembrance with a variety of gender identities and performance style show starts at 8 p.m. And to be clear, that was to happen today. It was an all-ages event. The The night before, I believe, was just... Um, there was a show, and then there was a DJ that was scheduled to be on 
when the shooting occurred. There's already been an outpouring of prayers and expressed anger over the mass shooting. So I just thought it was important to give an update on what happened overnight. We'll have links to all the uh, reference materials in the show notes, and I will continue to cover this story as things develop. Um, <clears throat> later on tonight, um, I'll be featured in an MSNBC uh, documentary called Split Screen, uh, which was produced with Trevor Noah's production company um, and uh, Time Studios, but uh, will feature heavily in that. It, it airs on MSNBC at 8 p.m. I'll be talking about some of these violent extremism issues that we're grappling with as a country. And, um, yeah. All right, folks, that's it for today's episode. Tomorrow I will play the interview that I recorded over the weekend with, uh, talking more about the, um, the concerns that the community has about the charter school, uh, vote that's going to be happening here real soon and what we can do to expand awareness about what's really um, being voted on with this and what it means financially to the um, Estes Valley community um, and the direction that we want to take as a community. So uh, that will be tomorrow. I meant to do it today, but just felt that this story needed to get out and um, be talked about especially on today. I'm really kind of at a loss of words. I also wanted to take just a moment of remembrance of one of our own that passed away last week. I'm just going to use her first name. If you're a local to Estes, you know who she is. She was the heart of one of the hearts of Estes. Kim, who really made things just happen in our community. I know she helped me out with pop-up art shows, being able to film at different at, at the wheel. She was the manager of the wheel, which if you're not from Estes is the local watering hole. It is the local place where over the long winters we go and gather and just get out of the house and, and enjoy our community, our local community. And um, from, you know, she always had meals there for lunch, for Thanksgiving. She was just always such a giving part of the community. And she passed suddenly last week. So I just wanted to take a moment to, to say you'll be missed, Kim. And uh, thanks for everything you did for us. All right, folks, stay safe out there. Take care of each other. We're going into a hard winter. We're going to need each other. You've been listening to the Colorado Switchblade. <laughs>